listening to So Connected, a podcast for people trying to cultivate joy, purpose, and community in their lives. I'm Catherine. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to be talking about writing a soul resume. But first, let's check in about how it's going. What are your highs and lows right now, Catherine? My high is that I spent, sat over this Labor Day weekend, Sydney and I went away for a night. And I just felt like we really needed that time together. We went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was glorious. She is like so delightful. And I think sometimes with all the stuff that she has going on and with the sibling dynamics, it just gets like muffled. And so it was really, really fun to just be with her and like see her enjoying ice cream and see her enjoying throwing a penny in a fountain and seeing her find like spontaneously find a splash park and being like, we have to stop, we have to stop, we have to stop. And then being able to do that. And so it was really, really good to just be with her delightful self for two days. I love this. I feel like for anyone who has children with special needs within a sibling dynamic, that that time away is so helpful as you're describing. I feel like it helps me see Henry's essential self. And then I feel like when parenting gets hard, like it's so important to hold our vision of their essential self front and center when we're interacting with them and to not get distracted by the parts of them that are emerging and yelling at us or hitting us. And and so I just, I love making time for that because it, I find that it just doesn't, for for my children, it doesn't come out as frequently as it does when we're one-on-one. Yeah, absolutely. Same same for me. So I hope other people will be inspired to do that too. It's been great. And then our low, my low is just that sleep has been really disturbed at our house. I think it's just the beginning of school, but there's been a lot of like people being awake for an hour in the middle of the night. And I just, I don't know how we made it through the newborn days, but like I do not function with that kind of interrupted sleep very well. So the last few weeks have just been like literally physically tiring. And it's supposed to be over. The sleep problems are supposed to be over at I this know. point. <laughs> not- no one tells you, no one tells you that that's like a myth because most of my friends that have elementary age kids still have like occasional sleep issues. And I'm sorry if you have infants right now and you're hearing this, <laughs> but I feel like somebody should tell people. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But what are your highs and lows right now, Sarah? Henry starts school tomorrow, which I know is coming school? out of left field. I know. I know. What? We found a micro school by talking to one of the moms in our homeschooling group that meets on Fridays. And she sends her almost 11-year-old to this school three days a week. It's only 8.30 to 2.30, Tuesdays through Thursdays. And it is approximately seven children with three adults. And wow. we took a tour of the school. And we, when we toured, they were connecting with Hawaiian culture by learning about a very um, indigenous, indigenous craft. And there was a dog in the classroom, and they were telling stories, and then they did a closing circle, and they go on field trips. So I think it will just be hopefully lovely and just a much-needed break. I feel like everything about our family is going well, like how I wanted to get stronger in my parenting and show up better for my kids and be more patient and model 
stronger habits of self-regulation. I feel like all of that part is coming together on this trip around the world, but the part that is not coming together is their sibling relationship, and it's getting worse, and it just feels icky to have dragged the family out on this grand adventure and, and have it be compromising their relationship because relationships are just everything. So that's been hard, and so hopefully... This will be a little step in the right direction, but I don't know. It could also just blow up in our faces because school gives Henry a lot of anxiety too. Well, it sounds like of the things you could possibly find and try, it sounds beautiful. And I hope that that little bit of time apart will be good for them. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers. My low is just that I really want to be prioritizing healthy eating. I mean, this goes back to the work that I'm doing around supporting myself through the transition through perimenopause. And I really believe that food is fuel and that what we put into our body affects our mental health. And I'm just having trouble prioritizing healthy eating for so many uninspiring reasons. Like we have this really like a refrigerator with the freezer on top, like old school style. And so I have to like bend down to like look in the fridge. So I can't really like see what's in the fridge. And our kitchen is super tiny. So I have to do meal prep on the stove, which is not very fun. And Matt, like, will Matt will go and do food meal planning and he'll make meals. But when he does, and so it's nice to have someone else taking care of that. But when he does it, he doesn't make healthy choices. And so then we have ruffles laying around the house and of course I'm like well of course I'll eat some cheddar cheese ruffles if they're just lying around the house even though I'm not even hungry so it's just been a little um I'm I'm grateful that that's my biggest problem but um that's what came to my mind today yeah that's hard I feel like that's such a ongoing like in and out kind of battle for me sounds like it is for you too definitely well now let's talk about today's topic Writing a soul resume. I don't think anyone's probably ever done a podcast about writing a soul resume. I don't know. It's a weird concept. But I first thought about this concept while reading a very short book by Anne Quinlan called A Short Guide to a Happy Life. And here's what Anne wrote in her book. She said, people don't talk about the soul very much anymore. It's so much easier to write a resume than to craft a spirit. But a resume is cold comfort on a winter night or when you're sad, or broke, or lonely, or when you've gotten back the chest x-ray and it doesn't look so good. Or when the doctor writes, prognosis poor. Here is my resume. I am a good mother to three children. I have tried never to let my profession stand in the way of being a good parent. I no longer consider myself the center of the universe. I show up, I listen, I try to laugh. I am a good friend to my husband. I have tried to make marriage vows mean what they say. I show up, I listen, I try to laugh. I am a good friend to my friends and they to me. So her words and her concept really struck a chord with me because I feel like in American culture, we're so preoccupied with what we do professionally that we can be so, it can be so easy to lose sight of who we are as people. And yet at the end of the day and at the end of our lives, how we showed up in our relationships matter more than basically anything else. 
And recently I heard about a meditation exercise related to naming the top five things you love about yourself as a way to continue to cultivate self-compassion because self-compassion is the pathway to being in strong relationships with others, ironically. And the person who is talking about it explained that she likes to do it with a group of friends and yet it's often so hard for those women to publicly share what they love about themselves. And it really kind of put a little rip in my heart to think about groups of women not being able to share what it is that they love about themselves. So today, Catherine, we're going to go out on a limb and talk about what we love about ourselves. And the point is not to brag about ourselves. Uh, We are not trying to become narcissists. Um, The point is to hopefully just inspire others to dig deep and celebrate what it is that you love about yourself. Um, Because when we love ourselves, we open up more possibility for loving others. So Catherine, can you start by explaining what your process was for writing your soul resume? Yes. Well, first of all, I just like, I love this concept and I love this topic and I love the idea of crafting a spirit like that it feels like it's a process, right? And it's this like what it means to be with intentionality in the world. And I think it's, I think it is important to think about. So my, my process was first I read the book. I had not encountered this book before and I'm grateful that you introduced me to it. I think in addition to this idea of thinking about and knowing who you are, there was also this really strong sense of being present to what is in your life. And so we've talked about both of those themes a lot on the podcast. So if people are drawn to those themes, it is a very short book and I would definitely recommend it. Um, So after I read the book, then I sort of just like sat down with myself and I was like, okay, so who am I? And I want to (laughs) just, because right, it's like this very like sort of big picture question of like, what is really the most important to me? And so I went back to my um, rule of life, which we talked about sort of earlier on in the podcast. I really think about that as being kind of like an evolving trellis for who I am as a human, like who I'm growing to be through this process called life. And I looked at that. And then I also just sort of realized and wanted to acknowledge that I feel like the last few weeks of everything that's been happening with Sydney, which I guess I could update you on that at some point, but school has been hard. And I've been spending a lot of time at school and doing a lot of advocacy for her. And that has been like kicking up a lot of dust in my inner world around who Mm -hmm. am I? And like, why can't I make this easy for her? And I was a kid that also had similar problems and nobody showed up for me. And so there's like this whole like swirling um, sort of stuff happening internally. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to sit, I'm going to try to be still to this, even though I have all of that other stuff going on. So I had to really actually do quite a bit of work to try to like sort through all of these different things and then just get down to like the most essential parts of what feels true about me and true to myself And so it was actually a really helpful introspective pause. And that's kind of how I went about it. I'm sorry that Sydney is struggling and that you're struggling again. I know how hard that is. (sighs) We'll get there. We've got good people in our support team. Good. Um, I love how this process was like, it was, it felt, felt simultaneously similar to what we always do and different from what we normally do because I feel like we have the same conversations over and over, which to me is not actually sound repetitive. Like to me, I have to keep coming back to the same conversations and the same themes in order to keep myself focused on them. 
uh, because I like to ping around and do a whole bunch of different things, but like we keep coming back to like who are we and what kind of people are we and what do we what kind of lives do we want to have? Uh, but a lot of times there is sort of a um, a focus in our conversations around what are we going to do differently? What are we going to improve? Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated that this was like no, what what do we want to celebrate? Yeah, absolutely, I, I did too. What about you, Sarah? What was your process? It was also not easy to do this. I feel like it's easy to find a million other things to do in our lives. Like we're, I have a lot of work to do. I have, I'm helping this, a friend plan a wedding. My children need me all the time. So it's very easy to get wrapped up in a million other things that are not this. Um, so I did have to sort of like fight to carve out time to do it. And I reread Anne's brief soul resume for inspiration. Then I just opened my electronic journal and Google Docs and started collecting ideas. And I I realized quickly that getting to sort of like the top five would be sufficient for me. So then I kind of took some pressure off. Uh, but then I also realized that like this isn't even something I can actually do because the impact that I have on other people, like that's really my soul resume. Like what I think mm. I'm doing or like what I think about myself is not actually my soul resume to me or that's sort of something different. Like there is something about like, you know, just how I feel in connection to myself, which is important. But for me, being inspired by Anne's work, it really was about relationship. And so then I was like, no, I've got to send out a text message to my friends and family and like ask them to tell me what my top five characteristics are. Uh, And of course, they know I'm a crazy person, so they expect this kind of text from me. And (laughs) everybody except my brother, yeah, I'll, I'll put him on the spot. My brother did not respond, but everybody else that I texted, I think, uh, responded. And so then I built a matrix where I put the characteristics that started appearing across the top and people's names down the y-axis. And then I put X's in in boxes. And I started having oh, to sort yes, of like, <laughs> of course I did. I love that. It was fun. That part was really fun. And I kind of had to like combine categories because people would use like different words like to kind of describe something similar. So I was consolidating and then kind of just and then I just literally tallied at the end. I was like, which ones which ones win? So that's what I'll be sharing with you today. What my my friends and family think about me. Oh, well, that's beautiful. I love that you did it in that way. And that makes me wonder how Anne did it because I actually struggled a little bit with her like classification that like, I am a good mother, I am a good friend. And I was like, who gets to decide if you're a good mother? Wouldn't it be your children or your friends that get to decide that about you? So I love that you engaged your larger circle in thinking about things. It was fun. Now for the next question, how did it feel for you to write your soul resume? It felt good overall. I think, um, as you know, I've spent a lot of time in my inner world and I just like have generally always loved asking bigger questions, but I feel like for a lot of years, I was like very uncomfortable sometimes with stuff that it brought up. And so I kind of avoided like the emotional or introspective aspect. I just kept it like all more in my head and more in the like planning process, if that makes sense. And so to be able to like sit down and try to like consolidate things about who I am was, was really fun and kind of liberating. I enjoyed it a lot. 
I had a similar, um, I, I enjoyed the process. I could, when I sat down to start brainstorming my top five characteristics before I emailed or texted my friends and family, I could feel a certain lightness uh, and light like come into my body. I've been trying to pay more attention to the sort of somatic responses that I had, that I have, and I could feel it in my body, and that was awesome. And I think it's because I'm generally really hard on myself. Like I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast, I'm, I, f- I feel like I might have high-functioning autism, and like I, I took a quiz this past weekend online that's like, I'm an adult, do I have high-functioning autism? And the quiz says I likely am on the spectrum. Like I don't, I don't, I just feel like there's so much overlap between an INTJ, Myers-Briggs personality type and someone with autism. Um, but I do feel like the trauma, my trauma background complicates what, like it's all complicated, like it's not clear. But regardless of what it is or why it is, like I do have a difficulty with, with relationships from time to time. Like I've lost like three of my really close friends over the course of my life and it, and and so I, I'm really hard on myself about those kinds of situations because I because I know that our relationships matter more than anything. And when we get to the end of our lives, it's really going to be when we're on our deathbed. It's going to be a reflection of like not what did I do in the world, but like how was I connected to others and what kind of family member was I and what kind of mother was I and what kind of friend was I. So it felt really good to focus on the positive instead. And I, I feel like I'm just kind of will easily spend 90% of my energy focusing on improving things and only 10% on the celebration. So this felt like a reversal, which was fun. Hmm. That's like beautiful and also hard. Like I hear in your voice how much work that 90% is to like keep things moving forward and to to hold it together and to try to be your best. And so I'm glad that you had the opportunity to pause and and to think about this. And I also think that like the distinct, I've been in a massive rabbit hole about the distinctions between autism and complex trauma over the last year. So if you ever want to talk about that, you know, yeah. I have thoughts. But yeah, okay. you've definitely brought that up related to Sydney. And I've been reflecting on that too. It's so much. But anyways, thank you for sharing that part of yourself. And what are your top three things on your soul resume, Catherine? Okay, so I'm just going to read out a little excerpt here. I am a person committed to knowing my truth and tending to my heart. I do that for myself because I want to live a kind of life that is deeply rooted in joy and in the joy and wholeness, which I believe is available to all of us. I also do it to the people that I cherish in my life. Knowing and loving myself opens me to know and love them well. I prioritize time and energy for investing in the quality of our relationships. So that's the first one. The second one is, I am an organizer of chaos. I love living in the world of big ideas. I love the process of funneling big ideas into actionable plans. I love working with barriers that prevent flourishing. I love the beauty of this process. This is a gift that I have, and it is the way that I am making the world a more peaceful place. And then my third one is, I seek healing and wholeness for vulnerable children. This is the North Star of my life. 
I think about this both for inner children and adults and wanting to help bring about wholeness in the adults in my life through IFS type of work and for real world actual children that need safe people in their lives. I want to shine light on their pain and be fiercely in their corner. These are my people and I love them. So those were like three things that as I sort of thought about the themes and then as I started writing that were, I think, maybe among the most meaningful to me. And so that's what ended up making it into the list that I wanted to share on the podcast. It's so lovely. I'm feeling jealous of your listeners. You'll see why I'm jealous in a second when I start to read mine and mine's just like a list of characteristics. Like I love how you put the narrative around the concepts and sort of did write it in a way that is is just really gripping and like you want to hold on to it. I just think that's so lovely. Thank you. What about you, Sarah? What was what were your top three? And mine really are just characteristics. Uh, so not nearly as lovely as Catherine's. But and this came, I think, in part because of how I was like surveying other people and sort of just using the words and then clustering their words together into single categories. And even when I clustered, this was interesting, even when I clustered the words, there still ended up being 10 separate categories. So I don't know if I just have multiple personalities or I just contain multitudes or what. Uh, That was just an interesting thing. But so these categories sound really broad, but they were kind of pared down and there are only three out of the 10. So the first one is sort of this concept of being an all-in kind of person, someone who's really honest, really generous, encouraging, motivating, and genuine. So I appreciated that because one of my core values, my top core values since I've been in my early 20s has been authenticity. And so I kind of think of that as the big category there, just being an authentic person. And the second one is uh, again something that I'm glad other people appreciate about me because I do appreciate this about myself. I am very an intentional person, a very strategic and organized, purposeful person. And then that ties into number three, because I think of two as sort of like set the goal, set the vision, and then number three is like get it done. And I'm very action-oriented and hardworking, and another friend used the word decisive, um, which I appreciated. So I felt like those encompassed, there was alignment between how other people see me and how I see myself with those three. That's great. I think, I think, I think it's like, okay, that different people in your life would experience you in different ways based on the nature of the relationship that you have with them. You know, like we provide, we play different roles in the lives of different, even within our friendships. And so it makes sense to me that people could have different words just based on the kinds of relationships that you have. Um, But I definitely feel like though, I mean, those three sort of categories, like all resonate with things I know about you too. So I love those. And I'm glad that you had a chance to celebrate yourself by thinking about that. Well, now that we have spent 75% of our time talking about the positive, let's spend 25% asking ourselves this question. Is there something that isn't currently on your soul resume that you wish were on there? 
Not really. And I'm thinking about this, like, I think I did think about this a little bit more in like a narrative of who I am and who I'm in the process of becoming. And I really love who I am. And at the same time, two things are true. I love who I am. And I feel like this is like very much a season where I feel like I'm kind of like in the fire, so to speak, of like some of the stuff that I learned through like all the work that I've done in therapy on myself. I feel like I've really now turned that energy and I'm applying it to Sydney and to sort of her context and her healing and getting her therapies right and getting her school situation right and it's my hope that like this sort of process of like refinement that happened in my life and that now it's kind of happening in my family and in our parenting and all these things is then going to be, you know, universe willing, God willing, applicable for other people in some way. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I hope, you know, I like the idea of writing a solo resume, but I also think that like, it's like, I guess like any other resume, it's like, it is a, just a snapshot at a point in time. And so I would love to come back to this. And I hope that I come back to this at some point when my kids are like teenagers and I'm a little bit more free and I have more time. And I see that like all the stuff that I'm learning in this season of my life is stuff that I like have refined and like learned more deeply into. And then I'm like applying it in new ways in other areas of my life for other people. Yeah, I can totally see it as like these, what are they called? Concentric circles? Is that like when the circles like widen within each other it's like you're doing so much work for yourself and for your inner child and like then the work that you were doing for that inner child is now expanding to Sydney and Sugi and your family and your your marriage and your friendships and then like the next wider circle is like what that looks like to bring that work to the world but it all feels really cohesive and coherent in my mind it feels really cool that's how I feel about it I feel so seen. I love that. It's almost like as you're talking, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's like dropping a pebble into water, you know, like the ripples of it going out. So I don't know, but maybe I'll be onto something else 10 years from now. And this will have just been a separate pebble. There will be multiple pebbles. We'll see. What about you, Sarah? Is there anything that you wished was on there that wasn't? Well, if I'm being honest, I have to confess that I answered this question first before I answered any of the other questions. Of course I did. And my answer to that was wanting to get better at helping people feel more supported through really active listening, like specifically Matt and my children. And you know, because we've talked about this before. I'm just such a fixer. And I've said to you, like, when you want me to help solve your problems, Catherine, like, come to me. If you just want a shoulder to cry on, like, I'm really not your girl. And I've joked about that before. And it was interesting to, like, reflect on it in this setting. Because when I did have these 10 different categories from my friends and my family, I'm like, that's enough things to be good at. Like, I don't need to be good at more things. But now I, the, the more I deepen my understanding of what it takes to be a good parent and what it means to be a good parent, especially for teenagers, like I'm going to have to be a better person in this area for my children. So I feel like I really need it less for my friends because I, re- I really, my friends all have other friends. Like they, they all have friends that they can go to when they really just need a shoulder to cry on. But I, I, I want to be, I want to figure out how to show up for my family. And I am wondering like if I, 
if I focus on getting to the root of why it's hard for me, then maybe that will be a more efficient and effective and meaningful way to resolve the issue. So like what I mean is like I feel like my need to just jump to a resolution or focus on a solution, I feel like it's a trauma coping mechanism. I feel like it's uncomfortable for me to be in a messy situation. And I get myself out of messy situations very fast whenever I can because I don't like that feeling and I don't need if I don't need to be in that, I, I won't stay there. Um, so maybe if I can start to really help my wounded children see that they are safe now, then maybe they won't feel like so uncomfortable when messiness shows up in for my children or in my relationships with others. Um, so that was, I think, a kind of an interesting, will be an interesting way to kind of tackle it uh, as I work on that issue. That felt like a meaningful way to kind of enter into it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, for me, I think this is like one of the things that's like both, you could think of it as just like another, like an 11th thing, but it's also like in some ways, it's not even the act of listening necessarily as much as it is the ability to be still and like really sitting in something that's messy and hard. Um, and I, I mean, I think this is probably different than for you than it was for me, but like, I just used to need to like self eject out of those situations. It was just uncomfortable for me and to really go through that whole process of like figuring out why that was uncomfortable and then like dealing with the reasons that it was uncomfortable and then to be able to like kind of circle back around, like it just has sort of opened up a different horizon in such a powerful way. And I'm sure there will be more layers of that like onion to peel off in my life too because I'm not great at it yet. But I feel really hopeful and excited about the things on your horizon. Well, that's it for today's topic. We hope we've inspired you to write your own soul resume or to at least jot down your top five things that you love about yourself. And it would be awesome if you could get your friends to share theirs too. Um, Now it's time for our tips and tricks segment. Catherine, what do you want to share today? I made a pistachio ice cream recipe a couple of weekends ago when we had some friends over and it was delicious. And so I'm going to link that in the show notes. Is it with an ice cream maker or shaking the bag with ice or what? It is with an ice cream maker and you like roast the pistachio, you shell the pistachios and then roast them and then blend them in a food processor and then like cook them in the milk and the cream and then you like strain them out but you don't have to like peel the actual pistachios I saw one recipe where you're like actually peeling the skin off of the pistachios no there was none of that um that was like too much but yeah then we have an ice cream maker like a little countertop one where you put the drum in the freezer and it was amazing I love pistachios and I forget about them so would recommend that awesome what about you Sarah what's your tip or trick The boys did their first passion project last week for homeschool where they stop everything and just focus on one project that they want to work on the whole week. And they decided to write a book called The Evolution of Meeps, the mammal edition. And meeps are this sort of fictional thing that they've been obsessed with like for many, many years. And so they hand illustrated, they did like this, and then they wrote the story like this is a single cell meep that came to the earth 
3.5 billion years ago. Like, I don't know. All, they verified all the timelines for this. And then it was like, this is a Wild West meep. And he was alive in 1845. Like, I don't know. It was wow. really, 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 That's yeah. That's cool. I was surprised by their sense of history that they actually have. I didn't know. I didn't know they knew the order of how they, they talked about the Industrial Revolution. They talked about the medieval period. It was really cool. We did it in Storybird, which is this website. And I think we had to pay, I think it costs like $5 a month, but we're just joining it for one month. And then we're going to cancel our subscription. So it wasn't bad to have access to that. And then we had to pay about $35 to have the a hardbound book printed. And it hasn't arrived yet, so if anybody wants to hold off on using this until you hear the final verdict, I can let you know. But the process was really, it was a drag and drop process for the pictures and typing in the text was very easy and making the cover was very easy. And it looks like it's gonna be a really professional product. So it was a lot of fun and I highly recommend that specific website. That's so fun. Thank you. Gonna tell Nathan about that right now. <laughs> now let's close out our episode with facing forward. How did you do on your intentions from the past two weeks and what new intentions do you want to set for yourself for the upcoming two weeks? Well my goal in the last two weeks was just to rest which we defined as me just being present and I had a hard time with that because stuff, I don't think, I think since the last time we've talked, school stuff has gotten harder for Sydney. So we had a few days where it was really rough. Then I had multiple days of me going in and observing and working with the aide. And then I had all the days since then, either Nathan or I have been either in the classroom or in the office. And so we've been spending a lot of time at the school working with the staff and they've been great and so receptive, but it has just been like doing all of that is a lot on top of working full time and parenting and all the other stuff that we have in our lives. And so I don't really feel like I got to rest. So I'm pushing that for the next two weeks, hopefully going to find some more pockets of time to really um, feel grounded and feel like myself. And then we also are, I've done this whole process of there was a spreadsheet and there were categories and there was recommendations and referrals of trying to find Sydney a new therapist that really, really understands early childhood attachment trauma and being able to repattern that. And I think I found someone who we're seeing um, next week. And so hopefully that will work out. And then I also just have to get like everyone sleeping again in our house. So those are kind of my goals. Very practical and simplistic, but that's what we got to do. I struggled to get mine done these past two weeks. My goal was to study for the GRE, which I'm taking in October, and to work on my education book. I did reach out to two different people to ask them to sort of be a revisor for me, and neither of them are taking on new projects right now. So if any of you out there listening know how to be a revisor for people who are writing books, please let me know because I would love to work with you. And the next two weeks, I'm really just focused on pulling off a successful wedding as a wedding coordinator. The wedding is next Saturday. And then I want to support Henry with the transition to his new school that he will be going to for a month and a half before we go to Malaysia. So exciting. I can't wait to hear about it. 
Well, that's all for this episode of So Connected. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find the show notes at SoConnectedPodcast.com or you can find me, Sarah, on my blog at FeedingTheSoil.com. You can also find us on Instagram at SoConnectedPodcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would be so grateful for your review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. See you in two weeks. Wishing you joy, purpose, and community between now and then.